Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Toe. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. We don't typically provide trigger warnings due to the nature of the content we discuss. Listener discretion is advised. We are also potty mouths. If you're not put off by that, shout out you. Buckle up and get ready for another episode of Say Psycho. To shop brand merchandise, access our socials, or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platforms and consult the link tree in our bio, or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so that we can continue to reach more people. Following us on Patreon enables us to produce more content and enables you to access more content. So we highly recommend checking that out. Now let's get into today's episode. Sickos, welcome back. <laughs> Why is your voice at that octave? <laughs> I don't know why that caught me off guard, but it's like we, we were having banter right before she opened. And she was like, three, two, one. Hey! <laughs> hey! Sickos! <laughs> like, where did that come from? Hi, you guys. Uh... was supposed to be alive it's not because facebook sucks sorry it sure does so sorry about that but here it is in all its recorded glory we don't know when you're gonna hear it tb determined tb tb determined tb determined but yeah so without further fuckery let's get into this case Great. And I believe the case this week brought to you by our beloved Toe is the origin story of the Amber Alert. 
Beloved. Oh, thanks, friend. Anytime, Butterbean. Oh, my God. Almost had a feeling. I've never been anyone's beloved before. (laughs) Literally never. Okay. So, once again, on this episode, you know, the entire podcast is a trigger warning. You guys know the drill. We say it all the time. We don't do trigger warnings here. But this episode does involve the murder of a child. Yes. So, if that is something that is you find deeply disturbing or, you know, keeps you up at night, whatever the case may be, or just you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. This isn't the episode for you. Yeah, and I also, just because we've never really, like, given this disclaimer before, since this is an episode that's, like, a public episode, it's going to be available to everyone, I just kind of want to explain real quick, like, why we say we don't do trigger warnings. I mean, obviously, first of all, we're a true crime podcast, like, everything is going to be crime-related, morbid, dark, whatever, but then beyond that, like, I listen to some podcasts, and I know Toe, do- Toe does as well, where mm. these podcasters give, like, such a comprehensive list of trigger warnings and more power to them. I just, like, I would miss something, and then I feel like somebody would be like, you didn't give a trigger warning for that. And I'm like, well, I mean, no, but... I didn't yeah. know that would trigger you. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, if there's I mean, something that's, like, I don't know, dis- like, disproportionately disturbing, we try to let you guys know, but, I mean, we can't it kind of covers our everything. butts. We can't trigger warning, warning everything. I mean, we talk about murder here. That's what we do. Yeah, it's like, that. this is the trigger warning that you guys are here, and you're probably going to be hashtag triggered, but... You know, you guys have to just use your best judgment, read the episode descriptions, and if there is something that is, like, truly disturbing and is a big theme, or we're going to talk about something that's, like, really grotesque, we usually do give you guys, like, a fair heads up. Like, we're not complete assholes. It's just, you know, we can't... We just know that a large portion of our audience are parents and tend to take the cases that involve kids especially hard. Right. So that is kind of why we tend to do that warning. But yes. without further ado, I think we can get into today's case. Mm-hmm. This is kind of going to be a quickie because as as famous as this case is, there's just not a whole lot of meat to it. But today we're going to talk about the case of Amber Hagerman. And for those who haven't heard that name before, this is the little girl that inspired the Amber Alert that we all know today in the in the true crime community and I think beyond. I mean, everybody, when they hear an Amber Alert, they know what it means. Right. right. It, it's like a critical part of missing child case these days. It's like the first thing that happens now. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we all get push notifications on our cell phones now. Right. Um, if you're from the olden days, like LJ and I, as her daughter likes to say, <laughs> you, born uh, in the 1900s, you know, you probably heard Wolf. it on the radio or on television or whatever the case may right. be. But yeah, this is so. This is the story of how the Amber Alert came to be. So, Amber Hagerman was born November 25th, 1986, in Arlington, Texas, to parents Donna and Richard Hagerman. She had a little brother named Ricky, and she was described as a sweet and fun-loving girl who was very actively involved in Girl Scouts. 
and she was always looking out for her little brothers sorry her little brother and the other kids in the neighborhood amber's parents did get divorced and her father moved out of the state while amber ricky and their mother donna remained in arlington texas now donna's parents also lived in arlington about five minutes away from the family and the children were said to have been very close with their grandparents and they would visit regularly often three to four times a week especially you know because the family lived in an apartment and the grandparents had a house with a big yard so right you know, they're a, just a super close family yeah a great place for the kids to run out their right. energy and you know they kept their bikes there because mm-hmm. they lived in an apartment so oftentimes upon arriving to their grandparents the first thing that you know, the kids requested to do was to ride their bicycles. And this is what happened on January 13th, 1996. So on this day, Amber is there at her grandpa's grandparents' house with her mom and little brother. And around 3.10 p.m., Amber grabs her bike and decides she wants to go for a ride. She has her little brother with her and she's instructed to go no further than the street block. Her mother also instructs her to stay with her brother and come right back, to which Amber replies, All right, Mommy, I love you. Only three minutes into the bike ride, Ricky notices his sister is going further than she was instructed, and he turns around to head back to the house. And he lets his mom know what's going on. Now, when her son returns back alone donna begins to panic and she and her father amber's grandfather immediately go out and start looking for amber they begin to shout her name and they're looking all around the area but she's absolutely nowhere to be found now as it would turn out amber had ridden to the parking lot of an abandoned grocery store and this was really close to the house there's like some maps that show the significant locations in this story Mm -hmm. and i'll try to link that in the show notes or maybe post it on our instagram and our facebook or something right so she had ridden to the parking lot of this abandoned grocery store and what happened next was actually witnessed by a neighbor through his chain link fence now i want to preface this by saying because i think a lot of people are going to have the same question i had you know why didn't he do anything besides call 911 and I think there's two factors here. He was an older man. I want to say he was in his late 70s. So the question of whether he was really physically capable of doing anything comes up. And, you know, it was through a chain link fence. So I don't know what he would have had to do to get to Amber when he witnessed all this happening. I think it all happened really quickly. And, you know... I, I don't think it's his fault, is what I'm saying. Well, I, I would also just say, you know, you never know how your brain is going to respond in that type of situation. You would probably be in shock and yeah. be, like, questioning what you're even seeing. I Absolutely. mean, you would also be thinking, I'm sure, like, throughout the process, like, is this a situation where I could be killed? You know, your body goes into fight or flight in trauma situations and you go into true shock so you know calling 911 is definitely the move like could he or should he have done more 
like how dare anyone stay in a lot of these situations you know yeah yeah absolutely so the neighbor did call 911 like i said and According to this 911 call, at 3.18 p.m., just eight minutes after leaving her grandparents' home, Amber was abducted from the abandoned parking lot and forced into a black pickup truck. The call is just said, goes to show how fast things it happen, happens too. so fast. So scary. I mean, and, you know people talk a lot of shit about helicopter parents but and again not saying this is her parents fault by any stretch of the imagination but things happen so fast and there's a reason that you know parents have learned over time with information to be a little more overbearing at times overbearing. you know yeah, like absolutely absolutely the caller said he could hear her screaming as the abductor came up behind her and grabbed her right off of her bicycle and forced her into the truck. Now, he described the truck as being an 80s or 90s model with a short wheelbase and a single cab. The abductor himself was described as a white or Hispanic male who would have been in his 20s or 30s at the time in 1996 shorter than six feet with a medium build and dark hair so you know if you look at the information we have it's not a lot we don't have a license plate we don't have we have a vague description of the truck but i mean this is 1996 i'm sure and this is in texas i'm sure there are dozens of 80s or 90s model pickup trucks that are black running around this town right it's not like an uncommon i mean yeah we don't even have a make yeah no i mean you could see a hundred of those driving around town i'm sure absolutely i mean and white or hispanic male in his 20s i mean again like every man in texas like yeah like yeah you just described 80 percent of the men in texas i'm sure yeah so you know police don't have a lot to go off of and of course at this time obviously the amber alert doesn't exist you know we don't have the systems that we have in place today but nonetheless immediately after the call police came they arrived on site and quickly began to search the neighborhood and they followed every black pickup truck they saw that matched the description coming in and out of town and donna Amber's mother begins contacting friends and family and distributing flyers with Amber's photo on them. Volunteers show up in massive numbers to help with the search. And at one point, there's so many people there that Donna begins to think, God, like the the abductor could be right here and nobody would even know. Sure. Right. I mean, almost reminds you of the Elizabeth Smart case. Just people everywhere. A scene so damn contaminated that like what are you gonna do right and you know this was in 1996 so we didn't you know we didn't know that what we know now right um, now in the following days police joined forces with the fbi and created a task force now seeing as family abductions are most common the family were the first to be ruled out police also questioned every owner of a black pickup truck they could get their hands on and every sex offender within a one mile radius. 
and you know and as we know amber's father did live out of state so that was you know had to be ruled out as well what if he came back and decided you know i want my kid back Mm -hmm. which like we've seen that in cases before oh i mean we've seen it a thousand times yeah right so of course you know police had to do their due diligence and roll that out sure you know that wasn't the case unfortunately and as days go by, the family is not naive at this point to the fact that their chances of finding Amber, Amber alive are rapidly decreasing. And unfortunately, on January 17th, 1996, so we're now four days after Amber disappeared, at 11.41 p.m. comes the news that everyone has been dreading. A man walking his dog had discovered a body which was quickly confirmed to be that of nine-year-old Amber. Now, Amber was found in a creek just four miles away from where she was initially abducted. Now, in regards to that, there's several theories here because the area where her body was found, and again, I may be able to post like a satellite image on our socials of this. I believe that's out there somewhere. But the area where her body was found was sort of difficult to access it was like a little hidden creek but it was kind of surrounded by houses and apartments on all sides so there's a couple theories number one you know there was a big rain so was her body dumped somewhere else along that water stream and washed down to where it was found or did the killer live right there in the area because how else did he access this area surrounded by homes without being noticed, right? right? Now, again, because of the nature of the location where her body was found, you're going to have a lot of evidence washed away. But a small amount of DNA was actually recovered. And an autopsy, of course, was performed and revealed that the cause of death were several cuts to the neck area. And it's believed that Amber's abductor kept her alive for around 48 hours after he took her. Mm, Which is so sad always to think about what a child, or anybody for that matter, but especially a child child would have to experience experience. throughout that time. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can speculate what was probably going on there. Right. It's just heartbreaking. Absolutely. And... So with this, you know, development, Amber's family is understandably broken. And with no arrests having been made, Donna sets out to ensure that her daughter's death wasn't in vain. And she goes on television and speaks to lawmakers in hopes of bringing about change. She proposes a nationwide system to track sex sex offenders. And one of the things at this point that's just absolutely eating away at donna is why did it take so long to get the word out to the public about amber's abduction donna knew that if we could find some way to save precious time in informing the public of cases like this that more children would have a shot at returning home safely so at this point Amber's story ends up reaching a woman by the name of Diana Simone. And Diana contacts her local radio station with an idea, and thus, the Amber Alert is born. The Amber Alert is named not only for, you know, Amber, the 
the little girl who inspired it, but it also stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. Mm-hmm. And the local police and radio stations were able to come up with a plan to where when a child was abducted, all these radio stations would be notified immediately and, you know, get the word out there. Now, it actually wouldn't be very long before the first child was saved by an Amber Alert. Ray Lee Bradbury was only eight weeks old when she was abducted by her babysitter. An Amber Alert was issued, and within just 90 minutes, the babysitter's vehicle was spotted, and police were able to intervene and deliver Ray Lee safely back to her family. As of January 2nd, 2023, 1,127 children were successfully recovered through the Amber Alert system. And 131 children were rescued because of wireless emergency alerts. There are 82 Amber Alert plans throughout the United States. You said Amber Alert plans? Yeah, like... So plans for like different areas, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. I guess like different protocols per area. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now, the guidelines for issuing an Amber Alert, there is a reasonable belief by law enforcement that an abduction has occurred. The law enforcement agency believes that the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. There's enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction for law enforcement to issue an Amber Alert to assist in the recovery of the child. The abduction is of a child aged 17 years or younger, and the child's name and other critical data data elements, including the child abduction flag, have been entered into the National Crime Information Center system. God, it's always, like, in cases like this, you know, you hear the impact that it made and, like, the tangible differences. And, like, obviously you're grateful that something came of it, but it's just so sad that it takes something like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is. And that's the thing. You know, it's it's unfortunate that a little girl's life had to be lost in order to bring about this change that, you know, we all know as part of common practice today right i would say probably i mean this was during our lifetime but we were so young you know i never knew about this case until i started researching it for the podcast right so now to this day unfortunately 27 years later amber's killer has yet to be caught and brought to justice that being said arlington police are hopeful that with modern dna technology they could potentially have an arrest at some point in this case. Mm -hmm. Um, They remain confident that it could be solved. That being said, um, you know, that's all we have for this case today. And I do want to say, I know we're just a baby pod with very little reach, but if you, for whatever reason, have any information on this case, um, they, you are being urged to contact Arlington police and the phone number is 817- 575-8823 575-8823 and we'll post that in the show notes I believe as well thank you guys so much for joining us I don't know when you guys are going to be hearing this since we had the live snafu usually this yeah. is the part where we would tell you what's coming up 
but like check our socials you know how so something will be we, coming up yeah. as always we don't we don't know we don't know yeah, what we, the hell we is going know. on sorry we but yeah leave we'll us a bad review though. about it maybe all right yeah perfect. leave us a hate comment <laughs> yeah not a bad review hate comments only please love it okay Toodaloo. Right. love you guys bye Oh no! Did we perform a fuckeroni?